You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. episode is an interview with Lauren, the founder of Brown Bowen. Brown Bowen makes classic clothes for little boys, including button downs, polos, and pants. But what truly makes them special is that they're wrinkle resistant, machine washable, and moisture wicking. So little boys can have fun, get messy, but also look good and make mom and dad's jobs easier. All right. So I'm here with Lauren from Brown Bowen. So let's start, you know, at the basic stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are. I'm Lauren Bowen. I started Brown Bowen in 2018, and we launched September of 2019. Um, I grew up in a small town in South Carolina. It's Hartsville. I married my high school sweetheart. We've been best friends really since fifth grade and started dating when we were 14. Oh, my gosh. That's precious. I love that. Um, definitely, uh, not, not typical, but it's been great. Yeah. I mean, Hey, to have your best friend as your husband is great. I can't imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I guess, did you attend college and if so, what did you study? Um, and was there anything that you learned during that time that kind of might've prepared you for what you do today? Or was it something completely different and you had a complete career switch then? Um, I definitely had Well, I guess I touched on it a little bit, but a complete career switch. So I did a little bit of a college tour. I started out at Converse College in Spartanburg, South Carolina um, my freshman year. It was great. It's an all-girls school, but I wanted, I thought I wanted to do fashion merchandising. So I transferred to the University of South Carolina to major in fashion merchandising where I quickly realized I am terrible at accounting. Um, I still am. And from there, I was trying to get closer to my husband, John, who, you know, we'd been dating for a while then. Um, So I transferred to Wesleyan College in Macon, Georgia, and I majored in early childhood education. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you do kind of hop around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I graduated in three and a half years, but uh, yeah, complete switch. That's impressive that you were able to do that in three and a half years though. And it's so funny because I have um, one of my degrees is in fashion merchandising actually, and it is a lot more math and um, calculating and spreadsheets involved than I feel like a lot of people think going into it. Oh, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. (laughs) I mean, basic I, accounting did me in. Yeah. No, I, I felt the same way, but somehow I kept with it. I love um, it. So what were some of your first jobs then after college? Did you start teaching then or? I did. I went okay. straight from college into teaching. But before college, like during high school, I actually worked at a jewelry store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I owed them more money at the end of the week than I made. Yeah. Um, I waited tables for about a month one summer in college and very quickly figured out how terrible I am at multitasking. (laughs) 
Uh, and I also spent more time talking to the people that were trying to eat than getting their food. Yeah. Um, I worked at a women's boutique in Macon one summer. And uh, another summer, I didn't make any money, obviously, at the women's store either. So <laughs> I thought I would switch to the shoe store next door. And um, I have really cute um, shoes still from working at that shoe store. <laughs> so um, you didn't make money there either. I, yeah, d- that didn't work out for making money. But it was a win-win. Yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like you've kind of always had an interest then um, in design and fashion and style. Absolutely. So what was sort of the inspiration then for Brown Bow and how did you get to that? Well, after having kids, I always wanted to have a women's clothing store, just a, a boutique that I was not obviously keeping up with the books um, because of my issues with accounting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after having kids, I absolutely fell in love with children's clothes. And um, I just love classic, traditional. I mean, we would go to the grocery store and people would say, my gosh, are you having pictures done today? I'm like, nope, just Tuesday at the grocery store. But my stack of ironing was the size of Mount Everest, having three kids to keep up with. And it was so frustrating because I hate ironing. But, you know, obviously I wanted them to wear things more than once or twice. But just because of that, they, you know, would grow out of things before they got to wear them again. And Mm -hmm. Um, it it was just hard to find that balance. And I really would love to have opened a children's clothing store, but with John's job, we've moved every few years and we just, that was not ideal for us. So, but I vividly remember we were living in Enterprise, Alabama at the time. And I don't remember what led to the conversation we'd kind of thrown ideas out to one another, just sounding board. And John, I I vividly remember standing in front of the television, the kids were playing and John and I were just talking. Mm -hmm. And he said, what if you did a wrinkle free kids clothing line? And like the idea at the time was perfect, but Mm -hmm. timing was terrible. I was stay at home mom with three kids under five and you know, we just kind of put it on the back burner. And, and I love being a stay at home mom, like me getting to be there for everything and room mom with my kids and, you know, play dates and just that fun part. I I just wasn't at the time ready to, to let go of that. And so fast forward five years later, we're living in, in Dalton, Georgia. And my youngest, um, Jack, started kindergarten. And I thought, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to get all these closets cleaned out that I've been throwing stuff in for years. And, you know, I've had dinner on the table for the first time ever since we've been married. But I'm like, my house was clean. But I was miserable. Like, just that I don't really know what to do with myself and mm-hmm. like who am I? Um almost like identity crisis. 
started to kick in after a couple weeks. And I thought, you know, like, I know that this is great for some people, but I, I can't do this. And so somebody, and, and I'm sure several people, but somebody said, oh my gosh, Rachel Hollis's new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, which probably was not new, but I haven't read an adult book since maybe college. And uh-huh. so um, I thought, you know, I'm going to just get this. We were headed to the lake for uh, Labor Day weekend, and this was 2018, and I I basically forced John to listen to the book on the radio (laughs) with me on the way there. The kids are in the backseat watching a movie, and it really just, like, lit a fire inside of me. She has a whole chapter on chasing your dreams, and if you don't chase your dreams, you're going to watch somebody else do it. And I just, I was like on go. It, I mean, it was so inspiring for me to hear, and she was reading the book. So Mm -hmm. to hear somebody say that just really hit home for me. And so, you know, John and I obviously talked about it in the car a little bit. And I just, I was ready. Like I knew at that point, I was like, come hell or high water, I'm, I'm going to at least try this. Definitely. Well, that's so great that your husband was so supportive all along and kind of was coming up with ideas too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So then where does it come from idea to making it happen? So you listen to, you know, you kind of had this idea, it sounds like for a few years, and then this book sort of sparked the fire, I guess, to get you going on it. So then how do you go from coming up with this idea then to actually getting it produced? Um, well, uh, um, John told me I had to make a business plan. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, I've never made a business plan before, <laughs> but I'm like, I have this great plan in my head. And so, you know, we like sat down, made a list of like, things I needed to do, people that I needed to reach out to, to just start doing market research. I called store owners. I called companies. I mean, I literally thought, like, nobody is stopping me. All they can do is say, like, no, or I don't have time for this, or you know, whatever. Like, I'm just not, I'm going to be like a duck. I'm going to, if they say something that makes me feel like, you're never going to do this. Like, I'm going to be like a duck and let it roll off. And um, I honestly talked to probably 25 different, like, companies and store owners. And as competitive as I feel like the clothing industry is in general, like, I talked to the kindest, most generous, like, basically like this is what I did and it worked or this is what I did and it didn't work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just compiling, um, I mean, I have notes on all kinds of stuff. I mean, at one point John was like, you realize you can't take notes on mail, like on envelopes (laughs) that mail's coming in. You've got to put this in one place. So I have a notebook that literally like stuff is stuffed into just, you know, the back of my kids' 
homework if somebody called me back and were, you know, I, I can't not, you know, talk to them at that particular time. So I just, whatever I could write on, whoever I could talk to, um, I just reached out. That's amazing. And I feel like that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. You know, you have to be not afraid to put yourself out there. And some people might be mean. Some people might not get back to you. But most of the time, I feel like people are genuine and they try to help where they can. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you have all of this information then from people. So then what was the next step? I guess, did you, are you a sewer or a drawer? Were you designing prototypes like that and then having them um, produced? Um, well, I did. I sketched things out. I mean, with, okay. with boys clothing, like I knew immediately like traditional classic, I'm really not reinventing the wheel. Um, but, um, I just, again, like called manufacturers and talked to them and, um, you know, just really figured out what I needed to do. And the timeline is, is, you know, crazy. You're planning, you know, a year in advance for, um, different seasons. And that, um, I've, got my LLC, um, you know, all the things that you really have to do that I I didn't realize when I started, but, you know, just checking things off and coming up with the name and, you know, what we're going to start with, because I, you know, it's hard to narrow things down and I want to start small and I want to grow, um, organic, not organically, really. I mean, naturally, yep. And, and add things as we can and as we're able and as customers are giving us feedback and saying, oh, I really wish you would, you know, X, Y, Z, um, and, and grow that way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So who's your target market? Let's talk a little bit about that and maybe some retailers and how you ended up finding them um, and talking them into buying into the brand and buying some of the pieces. My target market is basically any mom with boys that wants a a clean, traditional, classic, preppy look. Whether it's that mom that wants one shirt and a pair of pants for Sunday or an outfit for every day of the week. Um, I love regular athleisure wear, but I feel like little boys hit a certain age that that is all they want to wear because it's comfortable. And I, I want them to feel comfortable in my clothes as well. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Um, no. So then, and then the retailer aspect, what do you think about that? How did you end up getting them to buy into the brand and picking up some pieces for their stores? Well, I started in Atlanta um, at uh, the show in April and, um, everybody told me not to go in April because people have already bought for fall. And I thought (laughs) I'm going in April. Like this is it. My stuff will not be here for me to go into January, first part of February. And it was completely dead. I had two orders. Um, one lady that wanted to order um, is a store that I actually grew up going to in Polly's Island. And I mean, 
I think my mouth probably hit the floor. My husband was like, hey, she wants to order, get it together. (laughs) Um, But she was one of my two orders. I felt like I was meeting somebody famous. Yeah. But the other companies and and, uh, like brand owners that I met at the market were so inspiring and, you know, keep going. My first show, you know, was a total flop or, I mean, it just, and, and so many of them I've actually kept up with. Um, and it's really just knowing them now and hearing their story of how they started and where they are now is just, I mean, it really, as discouraged as I was from two orders, it, it really gave me the, the courage they were like, just listen, start calling stores. So I made a list and broke everybody down by state. And literally, I called probably 250 stores. And we ended up uh, that very first season, we were in like 42 um, wow. stores. And was by then, it was summer. Um packed my kids up in any store in South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee. Like we drove to the store. I would go in with samples, lay everything out if they said that they wanted to make an appointment. And I showed them stuff from there if they wanted to see stuff. I emailed line sheets, whatever I could do um, to really get it out there and and get ready. And um I just, I didn't let, you know, the nose hurt my feelings. Yeah. It sounds like you were really persistent. And I feel like not everyone is brave enough to pack up their car and go directly to the store and show them their line. And, you know, it sounded like you were traveling miles and miles. Um, So I think that's so impressive. And that's great information for anyone listening who, you know, has a brand or maybe is dreaming of starting a brand someday. Um, to just be persistent and put yourself out there and, you know, literally go the extra mile. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I know you do men's ties that match little boys ties a little bit um, in your collection. So do you think you'll do like a mommy and son collection eventually? Or where do you see yourself expanding to? Honestly, um, I'm I'm open to the possibility of anything. Absolutely mm-hmm. expanding to more daddy and me, mommy and me. I have two girls that still are scratching their heads at well, I only have boy clothes. But <laughs> um, you know, we're eight months old and you've gotta start somewhere. And I'm really we're just kind of taking it one day at a time and one season at a time. And um absolutely I would love to expand. I love that. And I feel like, you know, from what I've, I don't have any kids myself yet. Um, but from what I've heard from friends is that it's hard to find really great, you know, quality, cute boys clothes, and especially even, um, you know, daddy and me and then, you know, mommy and son sort of collections is hard too. So I think that, you know, you have such a good niche there and good market. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, I would agree. Boy clothes are a little bit tougher to find. Mm-hmm. So now let's chat a little bit about your fabric and your technology. Can you talk to us about what makes your fabric so special and uh, what makes these pieces so special that your customers and you know little 
your customers like to buy them for their boutiques and little boys like to wear them? No, absolutely. So I wanted everything to be wrinkle free. I feel like as a mom, that's, it's really nice to pull something out of the dryer and hang it up and stick it right in their closet so that they're ready to wear it again. Um, And I also wanted uh, moisture wicking so that um, it's more like not, it's not athletic wear, but you could play golf in it. You can go run outside. It's not hot. It's not. So we use chilled cotton fabric, um, which is moisture wicking. It's cool to touch. It uh, dries five times faster than regular cotton. And again, I know I've touched on this earlier, but it's active wear, essentially. I mean, day-to-day, for church, for school, for, you know, playing outside, whatever they're doing, um, it's less laundry. They're not changing clothes to, you know, go to a golf lesson or, you know, I mean, it's just easy. And then our buttons are, we utilize... um, a technology called buttonies in which our buttonholes are they're, they're basically done diagonally because naturally when you grab a button to button or unbutton it you're not grabbing you know the buttonhole is vertical you're not grabbing it vertically you're yeah. grabbing it at an angle so it's so nice because it's the easiest, like, most efficient way for kids to be able to dress themselves. And I'm sure even for a mom who's dressing their kids, too, it's so much easier. Oh, um, absolutely. And I've had so many moms say, oh, my gosh, my kid put his shirt on this morning or, <laughs> you know, by himself. Because that, for us, on Sunday mornings, like, hey, mom, can come button my shirt, or I can't get this. This one's hard, and um, it's just nice, so. Definitely. So going off of that, you you said that you've had customers say how nice it is that they can, you know, button it up themselves. Um, What's some of the other great things that you've heard from customers or retailers about your product, about why they love it? Um, Well, my favorite is I had a middle schooler tell me that um, my pants weren't crunchy, um, which just tickled me because think, I mean, they really can be so stiff and uncomfortable. And so to hear a kid say, oh, these aren't crunchy was great. Um, another mom said that our pants were the only pants that her son would wear. And then hearing, I've heard so many moms say, my kid can button his own shirt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's huge. Definitely. I mean, I feel like for them to be self-sufficient and be able to do it themselves is huge and, you know, makes them feel proud. And then just for the parents' ease of dressing kids. Oh, absolutely. And having them be comfortable, knowing their kids are comfortable in the clothes is great. So what have been some of your greatest successes that you've experienced so far in business? I mean, I know it's a relatively new business, but so far, what would you say? So I can't go into a lot of detail, but um, last August, I I met who, for me, is a bucket list national retailer. 
um, in Dallas before my first season even arrived to me for shipping. And we were scheduled to go live on their website in March, but, um, you know, we all know coronavirus happened. And so we will be launching with them soon. Um, so I'm, again, I'm not going to name them, but I'm super excited. So for me, that was um, very exciting. And I have another one that we are actually in the process of going live with right now um, that I can't wait to share either. That's awesome. That's really exciting. So that was kind of, you know, a big bucket list item for you, basically, to get with this national retailer. Absolutely. Wonderful. And, you know, you mentioned the coronavirus and kind of how that's affected business. So would you say that's been your greatest challenge or what are some other challenges? 100% coronavirus. I mean, obviously nobody predicted this, but Mm -hmm. I had no clue when I got our first season of clothes and, you know, early September that we would be dealing with a global pandemic, uh, my second season. But there are definitely, I mean, for, and that's affected everybody, um, businesses and individuals. But aside from that, um, you know, not having a a background in business for me, managing cash flow while trying to finance growth has has been a challenge. Getting our line out for others to try, marketing, um, shipping, international business in general, having to plan in advance for seasons. Um, I would say they're definitely challenges, but you know, we all have those and, and we learn from those and we grow from those and um, you know, it'll we'll figure it out for sure. Exactly. I mean I think every business, no matter when it is or how far along in your business, they're always challenged with these same things. I think planning so far in advance is something I hear from everyone on this podcast that has um, a clothing brand specifically or an accessory brand, because it is really hard to, you know, predict and account for the future. So I feel like you're not alone in that. And Oh, no, absolutely. Well, and then, you know, it's, we're in summer now and we're looking at next fall stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know what we're having for dinner tonight. Yep. <laughs> and, and here I'm trying to, uh, you know, make plans for something so far in advance. Certainly. So, you know, you touched on marketing being a challenge too. So how are you reaching um, new customers and new retailers? What's been your greatest um, tool for marketing, would you say? Um, I, I think, Social media now is obviously huge. Um, Instagram, Facebook. I really think um, trying to get product into people's hand and and really word of mouth. Like, I mean, if somebody tell you know you need to try this, or I just got one of these, and uh, Jack would love it, or your girls would love it, kind of thing is so nice. But um, I mean. Definitely social media plays a huge part. Yeah. And I I could see word of mouth benefiting you as well from moms or dads talking with other parents or even just kids, you know, feeling so comfortable in what they're wearing um, and saying that. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your design process. Um, We touched a little bit about how far in advance, but 
you know, is your collection evergreen and you're kind of just adding to it each season or adding new colors or prints? Um, or are you designing new pieces from scratch each season too? We are definitely evergreen. I would say maybe a mixture. Yes, new things, really, because I do want to grow and expand. But I mean, you can't go wrong with a button-down shirt and a pair of khaki pants or a polo shirt and a pair of shorts, but you really can't go wrong with that. But yes, absolutely expanding, but still keeping um, the classics. We're adding new fabrics, um, but we're keeping a lot of the same thing and reordering and, and doing it that way as well. That makes sense. Um so who would be your dream customer? It could be anyone, uh, a celebrity, a royal, someone, maybe even someone that's no longer with us. But if you could pick someone that's your dream customer, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, probably Prince Caden, Prince William's, I mean, Princess Caden, Prince William's boys. Yeah. Um, I love seeing their pictures. I'm... I would, celebrities would love me because, um, I don't, I don't know who they are. I would be eating at a restaurant sitting beside them and have no idea that they were famous. (laughs) That's so funny. I think, you know, the Royals definitely would be a great customer for you and. Well, and I would recognize them. Yeah. But they're so, I mean. Their fashion is so classic, and they oh, like, absolutely, those yours, and um, it, it would just be a great pair for sure. So, what's one piece of advice that you would give um, an aspiring entrepreneur? It sounds like you got a lot of great advice when you started um, by asking questions. So, is there any piece of advice now that if someone came to you, you would tell them? Absolutely, I would say don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um. All right, favorite piece on your site right now? And then maybe what's a bestseller if it's different than your favorite? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I kind of go back and forth, um, you know, with one particular. Um, right now, and, and especially this time of year, you know, with it being like spring, summer, I love we have four new um, spring plaid button downs that I truly could not pick between the four, which is my favorite. Um, polos. All of the polos, no particular color, have been really popular just for this time of year. Um, mm-hmm. Our best seller is definitely our Oyster Point orange button-down shirt. Okay. Huh. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I um, have a store in Clemson, South Carolina that okay. obviously Clemson Tigers. Um, yeah. Yeah. They have done very well selling orange button-down shirts. That's awesome. And I'm sure Tennessee, there's lots of schools down south. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a Clemson fan, though. Okay. (laughs) We're we're Gamecocks in this house. (laughs) I love it. Hey, we have lots of favorite um, teams, which is also why we kind of coordinate with a lot of school colors. Uh, That's smart. Yes. It's fun. So what does preppy mean to you? I mean, I ask this to everyone because it is the preppy podcast. So what does preppy mean to you? What do you think of when you think of preppy? To me, preppy is synonymous with classic. It's clean. It's 
perfect for any occasion, really. I mean, you can't be too dressy. You can't be too underdressed. It's bright. It's happy without being overdone. Yeah, that's a great answer. You know, I think it is forever classic. Um, Carpy style for sure. So what's next for Brown Bowing? What's next? Right now, we are taking it one day at a time and focusing on building our brand and getting our products into people's hands. That's a great answer, especially right now. I feel like everyone's sort of um, readjusting after everything going on with coronavirus. and But also, there's a lot of excitement and gearing up for the future. Oh, absolutely. I think that things are going to get better quickly. I think we're going to all rebound and um, we've got lots of stuff, uh, you know, with stores starting to open, uh, shipping now and, uh, more stuff coming and, you know, fall orders are still coming in. So, um, I think things are going up from here. I think we're over the big hurdle. Definitely. It's all, all up from here. So my final question is, where can people find you? Let them know, you know, what your website is, where to follow you on social media, all of that stuff. So our website is brownbowen.com. And on our website, we have a list um, of retailers. Um, we're on Instagram. It's Brown Bowen and Company. And we're also on Facebook as Brown Bowen and Company. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing your story and your advice and everything with our listeners today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. Yeah.